Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 14th of September, and our market not really behaving itself too well today. We are down 21. That follows a 19-point rise in our market yesterday. And our futures this morning were down 14. Wall Street was up 261, and the S&P 500... It was up a little bit, which was the first rise in five days. And despite a five-day fall, I've put charts in of the ASX 200 and the S&P 500 in the strategy piece today. There is no material technical break in our market yet. They are still firmly in uptrend, despite a bit of a loss of momentum in the last few days and not such a great week. We were down 1.5%, was it, last week? But no technical, technically significant break in the uptrend yet. Energy was one of the best performing sectors in the US overnight. It was up a significant 2.9%. And our energy sector today, absolutely flying. It's up 3.9%. And we've got things like Woodside up 6%, Santos up 4%, Oil Search 4%, Beach Petroleum 6.7%, Karoon 5.3%, everything is flying along. There is an article in the AFR today, which I'm guessing has picked up on some broker research somewhere, which is pointing out something we've noticed and put in the strategy piece a few times, which is a chart of the energy sector performance, Australian energy sector, you could do the same for the US as well though, compared to the oil price. And the oil price has been tonking along this year, but the sector has been dragging its heels. And you can still buy stocks in this sector that are 30-40% below their pre-pandemic highs when the market as a whole is about 5% above its pre-pandemic high. So there might be some value there. Some brokers suggesting there is in the AFR picking up on it today. Big story overnight, of course, was the iron ore price down 4.8%. That takes it 45% down from the top, lowest since November 2020. But today, amazingly, Rio and BHP both up, only up a little bit. Actually, Rio's up 1% now, which matched their US performance. They were both up in the US. So iron ore stocks looking a little bit weary of responding to the iron ore price fall. And I've written about that in the strategy piece today. I'll leave you to have a read of that. But the main point I'm trying to make in there is that the Resources stocks, particularly the iron ore stocks, will follow the iron ore price around. And one rather interesting observation in the last few weeks whilst the iron ore price has been coming off is that the resources stocks peaked, BHP, Rio, Fortescue, peaked when their fundamentals have never looked better. They peaked on their lowest PEs, their highest yields, and they peaked when the iron ore price peaked. It's an interesting idea that we look at fundamentals, but fundamentals are only as good as the forecasts. And the share prices follow around the underlying commodity price, and forecasts are very slow to respond. They're always behind the curve. The amazing thing about the broker forecast at the moment is no brokers had forecast $220 as an iron ore price. So as the iron ore price has come off, they haven't downgraded target prices or downgraded recommendations. In fact, the broking world has been remarkably quiet over the whole episode. And even today, you've got Macquarie with a piece of research out with a target price on BHP 33% above the current share price. Have a read of the strategy section about it. But the main point is, is that PEs and yields and forecasts are almost irrelevant. The fundamentals are almost irrelevant. I've made this point 100 
100 times. What matters is where the commodity price goes and all these stocks have absolutely plummeted whilst the iron ore price has. Interesting day today that they hold up a little bit. We've gone past the point of selling them I think because of the iron ore price fall. We are now on bottom watch looking to buy them probably. If I was looking at any particular stock, if I was a a trader looking for a little bit of razzmatazz. I'd have my eyes on MGX Mount Gibson. It's down 52% from the top. It is the fourth main iron ore producer in Australia. And that's where I'd be looking to have a trade when things bottom. No technical buy signals in any of these stocks yet. I can't help feeling that the lows are on the way, right? Other themes are lithium is flying along. PLS was up about 8% yesterday and Liontown was up 20%. If you remember, Liontown is the stock that our $12 million man put all his money into some years ago. He came to one of my education seminars, my two-day seminars. I haven't done any more of those because they were so exhausting, I've got to tell you. But he came to one of my seminars. I talked about the one-stock portfolio approach where you find out everything about one stock. And if you do, the risks are lower. You can put more money into it. And he did just that. He put $189,000 into, what was that first stock? I can't remember. And then switched it all into Liontown. Anyway, he's turned $189,000 into, when we wrote the article three months ago, around $12 million. He's now one of the biggest shareholders in Liontown. And since we wrote the article, I think in July, Liontown's gone from $0.61 cents to today. It was up 20% yesterday, but today it is $1.44. If I do a quick calculation based on the number of shares he's got, he's now worth $27.8 million. There you go, the one stock portfolio technique. You can read about that article. It's I put a link to it in the pre-market section of the newsletter today. But lithium going nuts, the other one going nuts is uranium. Uranium is now viewed as a green energy source. And Henry in his section addresses that today. He's got a chart of the emissions from various energy sources and nuclear is way down the list. Can you believe we consider uranium green? I remember going to the Rio AGM on Collins Street once and all the anti-uranium protesters were out in their hazmat suits outside the AGM and inside the AGM complaining about their investment. They own 68%, I think, of ERA, Energy Resources Australia, which is another uranium play. But the other stock that's absolutely flying along is Paladin. Very hard to get stuck in when the share prices have moved as much as they have. And it's very hard to buy with any certainty. These themes are great, but I have to tell you, if the market, if, no guarantee it will. But if the market does ever have a correction, these momentum sectors will get nailed. Don't sit there being the last person being faithful and believing the story. Get out and look to get back in if the market has a correction. Don't believe your own bullshit for too long. All right, other quick things. BHP, Macquarie's got an outperform recommendation on BHP today. Target price 33% above the current share price. Adairs. I've got that in the list of oversold stocks today. Anyway, up 6% yesterday on a UBS buy recommendation. They've got a 540 cent target price, 46% above the current share price. I've also listed some very oversold stocks. A lot of the pandemic beneficiaries in retail are now very oversold. There are no buy signals yet, but JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, ARB, Wes Farmers, all very oversold. And here we are, Adairs, one broker writes a bit of research and it pops 6%. So you might be looking to buy, but as I say, there are no buy signals yet. 
Falcon Resources in a trading halt pending a $200 million capital raise. Make hay raise capital whilst the sun shines, you small stocks. The Financial Review is also carrying an article today which is prompted by some Credit Suisse research and the headline on the article says, Analysts cool on big expensive banks. And Credit Suisse just pointing out that the average PE on the bank sector is 20% higher than usual. CBA in particular at a 30% PE premium to its peers. They think Westpac's the cheapest in the sector. Anyway, the bank sector outperformance seems to have come to an end. I have put the chart of the bank sector relative to the ASX 200 in the strategy piece today. A few ex-dividends today, no real majors. We've got CPI numbers in the US tonight. We'll see if they come an issue again. Henry's on Ausbiz at 4 p.m. I think Chris is on Ausbiz as well at 2.40 today doing the trade. Henry did ask the analyst at 5 p.m. last Friday. There's a recording, link to the recording in the pre-market section today. I can see Philip Lowe giving a speech at the moment. Haven't picked up anything from him of worth or worthy of telling you any Anyway, right in the strategy section today, I talk about the iron ore stocks and I talk about how they will continue to follow the iron ore price and how we're probably looking for a bit of a bounce now. I've listed some overbought and oversold, extremely overbought and oversold stocks. I've mentioned oversold stocks, Wes Farms, JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, ARB, and some extremely overbought stocks on the list as well. You've probably seen or heard or read about them. Stocks that go up tend to get in the news wires quite a lot, but Illumina running on the highest price for aluminium since 2008. Domino's, IEL, Sydney Airports, who got a higher bid. Coal stocks are in there as well. Wise Tech in there, Technology One. Right, I've written a little section today about the origins of the Marcus Today newsletter and the origins of our focus on education. I'm running out of time today, so I'm not going to run through it all, but have a read of that. It's quite a nice little story about Marcus Today. It's in the strategy piece today and explains why Marcus Today has this education undercurrent. And I did love one of the testimonials we got from one of you I think it was last year, which said Marcus today is education by osmosis. And that was our motto for years was inform, explain, educate and entertain. And that's that's in our DNA. And I explained today why I've always tried to educate through the newsletter, because I used to be an institutional broking rather than retail broking. Retail broking is talking to private clients or individuals like yourselves. Institutional broking is talking to the big fund managers. And I did 20 years institutional, then came into retail broking and realized that the level of knowledge and understanding of the stock market amongst retail investors who had only just started trading for themselves without full service broking, Comsec had only just come around in the late 90s. The superannuation industry was telling everybody to take control and they were. The internet was just starting. It was a perfect time to start the newsletter and a perfect time for people to start running their own self-managed super funds. And of course, that whole industry exploded over that over the arrival of the internet, basically. And here was me moving from institutional broking to retail broking. And I was used to a very professional industry, but retail broking was somewhat unprofessional. It was a football field filled with individuals doing their own things, left up to their own devices, running their own businesses within a compliance envelope. But I was used to being on a being at Wembley 
playing as a team with top class coaches, the best equipment, a tested strategy, limitless funding. In fact, in broking, in the institutional broking, they used to get really upset if you didn't run up a huge entertainment bill on your credit card every month. And when I got into retail broking, I realized the level of knowledge and understanding of the stock market was woeful. If you don't already know, the stock market exists to raise capital for companies that the banks won't give them capital or won't give capital to. So their projects are too risky. Hence, the equity market is risky. Hence, the equity market isn't the bond market. And I think if you're in small business, you probably agree with me that if you can borrow money from the bank, borrow it from the bank. And if you can't, well, the stock market is one of your options because people are prepared to take more risk than the banks. The banks want guarantees. The stock market, there is no guarantee. So as I got into retail broking, I realized that people didn't understand that this is what the stock market was for. It was about raising capital for companies. And most retail investors seem to be under the misapprehension that the stock market existed for them to trade and make money with woeful results. And they all fell into the same traps all the time with unrealistic expectations. A lot of it based on marketing promises from online brokers and self-managed super fund industry. And most of those promises were just that promises marketing promises it was quite clear people needed education so that's why I got into within the trading ideas that I was writing Marcus today I got into the education business as well now Ben and myself have done a huge Ben in particular a huge amount of work trying to build an education course for Marcus today a website specifically for education but it's been a bit like eating an elephant we have to eat the whole thing before we can launch and that's a massive task and in lockdown I was reading some articles about how to video professionally how to connect online distribute your content create your channel all that sort of thing but the one thing that hit home in the video production as in the podcast teachings is more than anything else just start just start our problem with our education business is that we have done an enormous amount of work already, but we haven't launched because we have to finish before we can launch. Well, I'm going to take a slightly different approach. This could all, my enthusiasm could all die out in a week. So I'll give it a go. But we are just, I have just started. So after hours and hours trying to work out how to do a half professional video, bearing in mind we don't have producers, cameramen, editors, so it's not as polished as it could be. Uh, I have started with a video today which is called Why Would You Want to Manage Your Own Investments? Let's start at the beginning. Why are you doing your own investments? And I tell you why you shouldn't, and I tell you why you should in the video today. At some point, we are going to turn this into a, an asset to be sold by Marcus today. But for now, as we learn how to do this, have a watch of the first video I've done bit of an experiment. Have a watch of the first video in the strategy piece today. All right, lastly, on this day, I thought there wasn't much happening on this day, actually. Until you start having a look, two of the two of the ones that caught me was in Attica. We all know what Attica is, or my generation do anyway. It's a correct, correctional center in the USA. They on, on this day, 1971, they took hostages and the police raided this correctional center and killed 29 inmates and 10 hostages died as well. Some of the images are quite amazing. And also in 19, this is an odd one, in 1927, Isadora Duncan, who some of you will know that name, she is a, they call her a pioneer of modern expressive dance, part of which is wearing flowing clothes. And in France, I shouldn't laugh, 
In France, she died when her long scarf became entangled in the rear wheel of the car she was in the back of, and it killed her. There you go. Watch out for your long scarves on your motorbikes, boys and girls. And that's about that. Right, as I leave you, our market doing a little bit better. Down 12, been down 36 at one point today. Macquarie doing nicely, up 1.4%. Brambles down 10.7%. They've had an investor, virtual investor day. ResMed, I don't know why it's down 3.7%. I don't believe it's ex-dividend. Lion Town Resources up another 5.2%. Oil stocks flying. BHP and Rio surviving. As I leave you, the Dow futures up 63. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow. Thank you.